Okay, this is um, podcast number 241, entitled Urgent, and um, the opening music was by the Eurogliders, the Australian group that sang that very touching song entitled Heaven. And the origin of the podcast is in my feeling that is increasingly... um, solidified by experience over the years that the probability of dramatic acting out and or dramatic incursion of unexpected illness and, in fact, as I said in the last podcast, the um, the possibility and seizing hold of the opportunity to take your own life in face of being stumped by the impasses and by the uh, seemingly impossible obstacles in your life's course, this um, anchoring of our message in the extremity of human experience seems more correct and more accurate every day that I live. And I've been preaching this message for, gosh, it feels like 40 years now, but it's something in that area. Um, in some way or another, it's uh, 38 years or something like that. And, um, the uh, interesting and really uh, alarming um, response to this message is that people don't want to hear it, and they actively don't want to hear it, and they'll actually um, prevent you from saying it because it is too... um, it's not acceptable, and therefore uh, people are... um, Uh, not served, particularly by the Christian church, because that's the arena in which I've operated most of my professional life. They're not served for their own own good. Their own good and their own welfare becomes um, tampered with by um, an extreme recalcitrance in hearing, even in the most loving and compassionate sort of Jesus Christ-like way, mild way to the truth of the human experience. Now, the singer, the pathetic uh, and touching singer in heaven by the Eurogliders is simply saying she doesn't want to live here anymore. Uh, She's come into us. She's young. Uh, I've seen many videos of the group, and I love that group, though they had a couple of very bizarre songs that I just don't understand what in the world is being communicated. But having said it, Eurogliders, in this song, she is saying that life is such that she doesn't want to live here anymore, and she's young to get that message. It's an unfortunate message, you may say, for a young person to get, but wouldn't it be more fortunate if she um, were able, as she is in the song, to take in the impasse and the paralysis and the deep bad news inherent in human uh, life, existence, experience, and relationships, and yet, as a young person, um, make something out of it. Make make it into what, what lemons into lemonade. Make, uh, make this true diagnosis of what she and everyone else is up against into something that might actually be taking arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them. People often um, uh, quote, you know, the Buddha was approached and they said, look, uh, why are you preaching this world uh, negating message when you're only, you know, in your early 30s, late 20s, early 30s, you have so much, you're at the height of your powers as a person in your body, mind, uh, you, you, you have so much to, so much strength. Why are you wasting it or um, uh, investing it in a message of world negation? And he said, you don't understand. I, I, I have the message because the message 
message is true. I'm young enough, though, to really prosecute the message. I mean, my youth is on my side because people need to hear this world uh, negating message in such a way that that I can give it in my 30s and my 40s. And that is so powerful um, that he had uh, he saw it not as a downer. He saw it as an accurate diagnosis, which he had learned from some very remarkable youthful experiences. And he now felt able to actually do something about it, whereas someone like me, who's 67, feels some, you know, uh, like the message is still there, perhaps hopefully even uh, deeper than it was before or more rooted in actual living uh, situations. Um, But um, I don't have the same strength. I need a nap, you know, or a train journey or a plane journey exhausts me in a way that it didn't when I was younger. So I wish I wish I had 20 more years, but as a young person, Um, old men, uh, T.S. Eliot said, are meant to be explorers. But the trouble is they're meant to be, but they it's very hard to get the gas on the engine to be the explorer. Now, I want to um, to talk about this because um, the the uh, terrible uh, problem of human existence is that the 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 uh, conflict we have between what we ought to be and what we wish to have and what is idealized in our minds as good, uh, the gap between that and what we actually receive and what happens to us and the various uh, vagaries of life where they take us, uh, the gap is so large that people become really very, very troubled. Um, and they become so troubled once they sort of wise up to the to the to the lack of fulfillment or the lack of a dream, a word which is very overused today. Uh, dreams are dreams. Uh, remember what how they're diagnosed in religion in, in, in uh, Life is a dream. Uh, Shakespeare, you know, uh, our, our little a dream that is what is it bordered by a sleep by sleep. Um, this is not a positive thing. Uh, now a hope is quite different. Now uh, dreams. Um, the uh, what what I've been seeing recently, just this week, we have received death notices of three people whom we have loved much and have known very closely through the years. And uh, one of them was a a, a self-slaughter, as the Shakespeare refers to it. And and I understand, I have all the uh, compassion, uh, truly, because I can put myself in the position of the person who is in a place of desperate opposition to life as it's come to them. I I feel it, and I have felt it, and I've felt the urge. Uh, But the, um, the, 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 the... terrible, um, tragic um, uh, reality of a life uh, that was so unhappy that it had to uh, erect a a, a final no in a desperate action. Um, The pain that was there, the suffering that was there is so acute that... um, the person is just shocked into a into a sudden and surprising and irrational action, and that's what happens with most people when they really see the the truth. Somebody we know, we love, uh, who, who, a couple whose daughter uh, committed suicide not so long ago, in a most uh, really upsetting manner, only to be found, uh, I think, by one of her parents, not her boyfriend. And uh, the um, it was a sudden urge. It was a sudden thing. Um, and uh, no one knows exactly what went through her mind, as people always will tell you, who are dealing with this directly with someone they have loved. But it implies that at some point the um, the the shock of the no, as opposed to the natural desire we have for a yes in our experience, hope as opposed to a 
an iron door shut is such that the person simply couldn't cope. I didn't realize, I knew that James Whale, the uh, Hollywood film director from England, whom I admire very much, who directed Bride of Frankenstein among, and Showboat, for heaven's sake, really a, an artist of the highest magnitude of whom a movie was made that I think is a little one-sided. Uh, but in any event, uh, James Whale, one of my heroes, um, th- did you know that they actually did find a suicide note? That the man who'd lived with him, knew him very well, had hold of a suicide note, and it was only like in 1997, before this chap died himself, this partner or special friend of James Whale, that the note was given to the to, to, to posterity by the man who had the note from James Whale, and it's read it on the internet. It's just, you know, I, there's no hope. I, I don't see any hope. I'm just going to get sicker and sicker and worse and worse, and I just can't face it, and I'm out, and I'm so sorry I'm doing this, and I hope God will forgive me. I mean, there's real depth of power, and he was found in his swimming pool in Hollywood dead, and he, uh, it didn't have to happen, but the, 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 the pathetic, um, and I mean that in the sense of pathos, the, the pathos of his uh, letter, which I had never read until a few days ago, and then, um, you know, you, you run into somebody who becomes a hoarder. <laughs> I mean, are you aware of how many people you know who are old are hoarders? I mean, are you, are you at, have you honestly taken that in? We talk about that funny television show, and that tragic television show, and we sort of make light of it, but are, are you actually, have you actually taken in the implications of someone you love or know well who is a hoarder, what that means, what that says, what that creates, what that implies, and what the consequences of it are, which are almost always a bitter and lonely death on the part of the hoarder himself or herself. Um, what I'm trying to say is the human condition is one of enormous um, De- depth of of of, uh, of of as I say of, of block a blockage uh, it's a blockage it's a it's a no or everyone craves a yes uh, Dorothy Martin whom we adored and uh, there was a period in which we felt that Dorothy Martin M A R T Y N many of you know her know her work was the only therapist in New York whom we could actually with confidence send either a married couple having terrible uh, uh, divorce leading problems or an individual who was in acute anxiety or stress-related malfunctions whom we could send such a person to with confidence that Dorothy might actually be able to diagnose the issue. She was very close to the spirit of Romans 7 and she wrote wrote about this. Uh, She spoke at Mockingbird once. She was a very wise woman who was very deeply close to the to the uh, real um, uh, trajectories, the failed trajectories, the sort of Challenger space shuttle explosions of human life. And yet she also had a Christian gospel, which was very actual. And uh, so we would send her and send her, and she died this week. And I'm, of course, she died, and Lou had died, her husband, some time ago. But what I was struck by in the letter from her children, which is a public letter, it's not a private letter, was that, was that in recent times after Lou died, Dorothy, all she really wanted to do was die. She wanted to die, uh, and and once Lou is dead, she I mean, it makes me cry. She saw no reason to live without her husband, and uh, this was a shock to me. Uh, she was a woman of enormous resources, uh, enormous emotional resources, and knew a great deal about tragedy in relationship to, to her own family life, and uh, I know her story quite closely, knew her very well, and um, was not a patient, but would love to have been. And she... Um, this uh, coming to the end of one's life, and it was mercifully ended with a stroke at the doctor's office. She had a a, a, a terminal stroke at the doctor's office, uh, but to 
realize that all that Dorothy really, the Dorothy I know, Dorothy Watkins Martin, all that she really wanted uh, at this point in her life was to die. Uh, so I put that together with, and I don't blame her, but I, uh, and needless to say, I don't blame her. You don't either. Um, I put that together with the hoarders that I know, and I've known some very, very up close, not just one or two, but four, five, six, seven, eight, or nine. I first encountered it in 1975 in my first parish, Mary and Arthur's first parish in Silver Spring, Maryland. I first encountered the phenomenon of hoarding twice. Um, and uh, that was something I'd never seen before, uh, and I learned about it. But all I'm trying to say between that and between the suicides I've been hearing about, and another one I haven't even mentioned yet, I won't, um, this is a picture that the need for us to squarely address the problem of being human, which is this enormous, shocking differential between what I had hoped I would end up being and the way I am, uh, this is something that you and I really need need to talk about. And if we talk about it, we have a gospel known as the forgiveness of sins through the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ unjustly executed. The um, the power of the message of the forgiveness of sins, coupled with the uh, ability of this message to go into where things really are. Now, let me say one other thing, and then I'm going to close. Uh, people don't want to hear this. I mean, from the time I began to preach it at uh, at uh, Grace Church, I mean, a, a guy who's now a famous, uh, a famous scholar, was then just a nice, newly married member of our church, just got on my case so much. He said, it's not as bad as you're saying. You know, it's not as bad. Don't it's not as bad. Please spare us from this this uh, extraordinary depiction of human um, um, the end of human potential and and human checkered checkmatedness. Spare us from it. It's downer. Start with the good news of God, like. Bart, and then go to the other. And I said, but I can't. I don't know. How, I don't know any other way because that's the that's the that's the way I see it. That's the way I felt it. Now, of course, one can be morbid, or one can sort of almost luxuriate in it, or self pity. That we're not talking about that. We're talking about a sober, realistic, loving, compassionate, merciful view that nonetheless tells the truth. I was with some people the other night. Uh, we were in a um, centering prayer group, which is wonderful. Thomas Merton, Thomas Keating's uh, sort of school of thought about uh, contemplative Christian meditation. And um, I sort of turned to one person who I knew was having enormous problems related to his uh, his dating life over the internet. He's a guy who's had some real um, doozies over the internet. And I said to him, now, now do you think, uh, surely the real issue of centering prayer, which is some form of abstraction to be able to see what's really happening, would apply, for example, to people who have terrible relationships with women or people who are running into terribly upsetting uh, incidents and situations through internet dating. W- would it not apply to you? I said, I mean, I was a little heavy to use the word you, but I think I said, and he said, absolutely not. It has nothing to do with anything like that. We're talking about grocery lists and ordinary stress and too much to do and uh, th- thoughts that are distracting from our actual task from nine to five. We're not talking about anything like that. And then I said to him, I said, well, then why do any, why come to church? I mean, why, why pursue any form of therapeutic spirituality? unless it has to do with that, which
which is most absorbing your time. And then I thought, and I happen to know with this fellow what's most absorbing your time because you've told me. And I didn't say that, obviously. But um, what happens is we're, we're, we're coming and we're not dealing with the central thing. There was a, um, a, um, a, a very a, a scientific survey taken recently of uh, like 2,600 Episcopalians. It was a, a sample of what, what, what do Episcopalians, lay Episcopalians look for? What are they going to church to find? And, and the, the, you, you won't believe what the, the answer was. It was first that like 20% were just going to look, were circ- see, seekers. I, I'm all for that. Then about 40% were people who wanted to deepen their spirituality, deepen spirituality. Then there was another 40% or so who wanted to deepen their understanding of God. Great. 4% signed in as saying, were said, I, I, my relationship with Christ is at the center of my faith. And it's that that I'm attempting to, 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 uh, to move forward. I go to church to deepen my relationship with Christ. Now, 4% of the people interviewed in this supposedly, absolutely, um, you know, normal survey spoke about Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the rest, I mean, yes, it's, all of the rest are important and good and right. And we're all trying to grow and we're all trying to deepen and we all want to know God. But I, for, for one, can't divorce that from uh, the man for others, the man in black, <laughs> you know, what is it, uh, Johnny Cash, the man on the cross. I cannot divorce that from a man who died a criminal's death, to quote Bob Dylan. It is simply impossible for me to do. So that's what I wanted to leave you with. And uh, the note that what we're doing is of such importance that, that nothing could be more important. This is, in fact, the way Foreigner called it. Love you. <laughs> ¶¶